got a story. I've got a story. We've got a story. I'm Brad McEwen, and I'm here to tell that story. This is Beyond the Bank. Hey, y'all. Welcome back to another episode of AB&T's Beyond the Bank. Today, I'm fortunate enough to be sitting down with Dr. Fonda Thompson, Executive Director of Open Arms, this year's Albany Area Chamber of Commerce Nonprofit of the Year Award winner. How are you doing this morning, Ms. Thompson? I am fantastic. Thank you. Well, I'm so glad to hear that. Really appreciate you coming in this morning to talk to me a little bit about Open Arms and about yourself. I think it's something that the community needs to know more about. Well, it really gives me joy anytime I get to talk about Open Arms. It's pretty exciting that Open Arms was the Nonprofit of the Year. How did that make you feel when you heard that news? Listen, we have been in this community since 1991. And so to receive that award in uh, 2020 in the midst of a pandemic, when we are really at uh, a place where it's hard to take care of young people, my heart again was overjoyed, excited, and just a way to acknowledge what my staff do every single day. One of the things that struck me a little bit, Ms. Thompson, when I was sitting in the audience that night was I had heard of Open Arms, but it was not an organization that I felt like I knew a whole lot about. And so that was part of my motivation for wanting you to come in today. Been here since 1991. Tell me what Open Arms does. and What was the genesis of the organization? Okay, so Open Arms, again, started in 1991. Um, There was a two-year-old in court who didn't have anybody to fight for her. And so... Several people from the Doherty County, Albany uh, area came together and started Open Arms. They got a board of directors um, and they started Open Arms and Open Arms was birth. And so because of that two year old needing a voice, here we are years later. We started out with the bridge. Okay. One one group home for young people that would house boys and girls, 12 young people. Okay. Today we have seven different programs where we house and take care of abused, runaway, and homeless youth. So strictly geared toward the actual youth themselves. Yes, youth and family. So do you uh, work in conjunction with like DFACS? We do. We actually, um, at the bridge, we get a lot of our kids from Department of Family and Children's Services. Uh, We also place our runaway and homeless youth um, at the bridge as well. So we we have a lot of... um, collaboration with our community partners. And so, yes, and we even work with Liberty House, uh, Department of Family and Children's Services, um, a lot of the local churches in the community. So we have great partnerships with with the community. Well, that's so important. Talk to me a little bit about maybe the picture that's going on in Albany that folks don't see. Give me an idea of the numbers of young people we have in this community who don't have an adult in their lives that are helping them. The community don't have the opportunity to see young people who sleep under the bridge. Mm -hmm. They don't have the opportunity to see young people who go from couch to couch. They don't get to see the young people who have the bruises and the broken bones that we see. Mm -hmm. And so we've even been told that there is no homelessness and there is no abuse in Albany and the surrounding counties. Um, Out of the seven programs that we have, five of those programs shelter young people Mm -hmm. from birth to age 22. Within all of these programs, we provide uh, food, shelter, clothing, 
educational goals and recreational needs. Um, we treat them as if they were our young, as they were our own. And so we make sure that they have everything that they need to survive, to make it to the next step. That's that's what we do. Miss Thompson, how long have you been involved with Open Arms? I've been with Open Arms for 24 years. Okay. Yeah. Um, and it's amazing how I got to Open Arms because I was working for Head Start and I got terminated. Okay. I got fired. Oh, that's always fun. Yeah. And, you know, sometimes we will stay in a place until things happen. Yep. So I probably would have stayed there until something else happened. But that happened and it moved me right into open arms. Okay. Uh, granted, I was a little nervous because when I got terminated, I was like, what am I going to do next? Mm -hmm. What, 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 what? And so it led me to open arms and I started working at open arms, the awake night weekend shift. Okay. Uh, 12 a.m. to 8 a.m. Hardest thing I think I've ever had to do uh, because I'm an early bird. And okay. so learning to have to do that to just take care, to make sure kids are safe at night is where I started. You were basically at the house, at the facility, yes. kind of looking after these kids, yes. answering phone calls. Yes. And the shelter is 24-7. Okay. And so we have staff around the clock to make sure these kids are taken care of. And once I started, let me tell you what I loved about Open Arms. When I was in the second grade. Mm -hmm. Uh, at Streamfellow Elementary in Moultrie, Georgia, <laughs> uh, my second grade teacher said that I needed to be um, in special ed. She said that I could not read and that I would not graduate from high school. But there was one teacher, another second grade teacher, who absolutely said there is absolutely nothing wrong with this child. And between her and my parents, my mother, my grandmother, and my great-grandmother fighting for me, mm -hmm. they moved me into her classroom. Okay. So when I watch these kids come into open arms and people have labeled them because mm -hmm. this has happened or that has happened, and they label these kids and these kids get stuck to where people have labeled them. And it's just so not fair because mm -hmm. just because of, Somebody label you or your past doesn't determine your future. It doesn't determine where you're headed. Not at all. I've often found that it is those personal experiences that lead people ultimately into their callings. Mm -hmm. Talk to me about how what you saw there really inspired you, uh, you know, to keep moving forward and, and to grow in your role with Open Arms. I saw kids who were giving up on themselves who are not going to be who God has created them to be. Mm -hmm. And so just me watching them give up on themselves um, is what made me want to be at open arms, want to stay at open arms. You know, people ask me all the time, are you, are you ever going to leave? <laughs> and, and every time I get asked that I get to interact, engage with another young person. Mm -hmm. That I got to help fight for. Mm -hmm. And so I tell people when, when, when God says it's over, that's when it will be over. <laughs> but until then, I'm going to continue to fight for these young people who need a voice. When I first started, I would go home and cry every night. And I would tell myself, I can't do this. I don't know how to do this. Until one case 
where a two-year-old was brought to the shelter. Well, she was brought to the shelter, but before then she had to go to the emergency room because of sexual abuse by mom's boyfriend. And I can remember not crying that night, but being as angry <laughs> as I could be. <laughs> From that, I started praying harder. That's the first thing that gets me through. Mm -hmm. The other thing that gets me through is having staff mm -hmm. who day in and day out take care of these children. Staff who lead their own children. Mm -hmm. Staff who doesn't complain. Who, who staff that will go beyond the call of duty. Mm -hmm. You know, I have, I have one staff in particular, you know, uh, her name is Von Teresa Stevens. She's a director at the bridge. And Von, I have to make her go home. <laughs> Von Teresa, you got children of your own. Go home. But that's what gets me through. And then the support of my husband and my family who supports, who um, um just always there for me to listen, always there to listen. Sure. Um, and I have to talk some things out. I'll bet you. And do. so, yes, I have to talk some things out. And so some good listening ears is I've, what helped me. I've get had through. to provide a few of those. <laughs> yes. I, I know where you're coming from. I know where you're coming from. Well, I'm glad you mentioned the staff. Um, give me an idea. How many folks are working in open arms? Well, right now we are hiring. If anybody's looking for a job, <laughs> let me say that real loud. Um, in the midst of COVID, we've lost a few people. And so, uh, but the people that I do have, they have been there three years or longer. Uh, right now, we probably have about maybe 25 staff, that's 25 pretty, to 30 staff. It's pretty good size. And that's just, yeah, but when you have around the clock, 24-7, five shelters, sure. you need a uh, you need staff. About how many, uh, how many birth to 22-year-olds do you current, you know, do you have at any given time living in the shelters? Okay, so we have the maternity group home, which is pregnant or parenting um, teens. And we just had a, a baby last week. Yes. And so um, I think in that program, we have three right now. And so, um, and those young people, they, they're either pregnant or parenting. Some of them are going to school. Some of them have full-time jobs and um, the maternity group home teaches them basic life, life skills and parenting skills. Okay. So you've, so, so there you, so you literally, you have teenagers who otherwise would be homeless who are actually parents of someone else mm -hmm. who is now or pregnant. Oh Lord. Yes. That's a big burden. Yes. And so I think we have three in that program and then we have the bridge. And right now we have, I think six at the bridge okay. uh, and the bridge is those kids we get from defects again. And the kids we take off um, the streets. Gotcha. Gotcha. And so, and of course we provide all the basic necessities, for them as well. Now, what's the typical length of time that uh, that a young person would stay in that shelter? What's the sort of average turnover and where you're trying to get them? Okay, so the maternity group home is 18 months. Okay. Um, 
the bridge, if DFAX places them there, it just depends. A lot of the kids that we have now have been with us probably three years or longer. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Um, and then we also have a transitional living program. Uh, and TLP is also taking those kids off the streets between the age of 16 and to 22 okay. and also teaching them basic life skills. A lot of times what we find uh, with our transitional living kids is um, they grew up in DFAX care a lot of times at 18. They don't want to be with DFAX anymore. So they, they they refuse to sign themselves back over and they find themselves on the street. Gotcha. And so they go into our transitional living program. So these are these are a lot of kids that have been in foster situations yes. their whole lives. Yes. Within each of these programs, um, I know there's probably educational benchmarks. What are some of the things and some of the organizations that you're working with to get folks, like say that group of 16 to 22 year olds? Mm -hmm. I mean, are we talking a lot of like get your GED? Mm -hmm. How do we move them through the program? So we 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 when it comes to education with the 16 to 22 year olds, we we work with Paxson, which is one of the um, mm -hmm. agencies in the community. Uh, we work with Albany Technical College. And so we if, if they have not gotten their high school diploma, then we are working towards the GED. Gotcha. We're teaching them how to um, uh, open a checking and savings account. We're teaching them how to save. And if they work, they have to save so much of their money. Gotcha. And so we're teaching them basic life skills. We're teaching you how to dress for a job interview, um, how to talk during a job interview. And so we're just teaching them basic life skills. We if they have to uh, ride the bus to a location, we get on the bus and ride that bus with them. We teach them how to ride this bus from one place to the next. <laughs> That's pretty cool. That's yeah. pretty cool. Uh, and so so just just teaching them the basics that they didn't get. Um, Growing up. Sure. You know. Some of the stuff we take for granted. Yes. Yes. But, exactly. Know, what do they have to do in order to maintain and stay in the program and have some kind of shelter? So the other part of it is there are rules. <laughs> Everywhere you go, there are rules. Um, and that's one of the, the, the hardships that we have, because when you talk about bringing a young person off the street who's been going from couch to couch, who's been eating anywhere they can get food. Mm -hmm. So now you bring them into a group home or shelter and we go to bed at a certain time. We eat dinner at a certain time. Um, you have to do your homework. You cannot be here and not uh, attend school. Mm -hmm. And so, but when you're dealing with a young person who hasn't been to school for, you know, a month or two months, so we got to ease into getting that young person back into school or just in some type of educational goals. And so sometimes that can be a little difficult. I'll bet. Yeah. I mean, Man, teenagers are tough. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> they already don't want to go to school. And so now, but you know, and it, and, and it, it is, it can be a hardship because we have to remember how we think it should go. It may not quite go that way. Right. We got to ease into this or ease into that. And we have to realize that sometimes. It's got to be right for that individual. Exactly. Do you find that that after a while that you can get over that hump and they start to see the value in those oh, things? Oh, yes. Listen, we have high school graduates. Um, we had seeds not last year, the year before. We had two two to graduate from Doherty High School. And when we get those milestones, we, we, we celebrate. I mean, to the to the. Top of our voices. Sure. <laughs> uh, we celebrate because a lot of the kids we get, they come in again, they're behind in school. 
And we got to create this space that's going to work for them mm-hmm. to complete even the educational goal. Yeah. So when we get kids who graduate from high school and uh, um, Superintendent Dyer, uh, when these two graduated, I mean, you know, he made sure they had their cap and gown. All, and it was just amazing. And so we see the milestones. We see the work that that's put in from them and from staff. We we hear, um, you know, the kids get to a point, they'll call you names. They get aggravated with us. But <laughs> they're teenagers. What are you going to do? Well, yes. <laughs> and so to have them, and, and this year, well, in May of, of 2022, uh, we will have one to graduate from Albany State University. Oh, that's pretty exciting. So when I tell you, it's the little steps, uh-huh. but it's the big accomplishments. Yeah. That's pretty, that's got to feel good. It feels real good. To see that. Yes. It's got to feel yes. good to see that. Now, Ms. Thompson, you mentioned your own, you know, circumstance. And, and I mean, I can't imagine a teacher, but I know they exist because I know my wife's probably dealt with a few that, uh, you know, would say that to a young person. But I was real interested in the reaction. And you said, you know, there was this teacher that came to bat for you, your parents, your grandparents. So it sounds like you had some of that stuff at home that some of these other kids don't have. Talk to me a little bit about your upbringing and how that factors into how you approach what you do every day. I was um, raised in a house with a mother, a grandmother and a great grandmother. Okay. Yeah. The ladies. (laughs) Yes. Um, And they took great care of us. I have um, three siblings and we all grew up in that house, in one house, mm-hmm. all of us, all of our activities, anything that we participated in, they were there. We had the support mm-hmm. from the three of them and then support from each other. Mm-hmm. You know, Kim and I was in the band. Um, Pam was one of the uh, first black cheerleaders in Moultrie. And so just to have that support from family meant a lot, even at that age. Mm-hmm. And, y- you know, you wonder Kids who are on the field playing any kind of sports. And the one thing they want is what? To look up in the stands Mm -hmm. and see their parent. And so just to have that support at an early age, um, not even knowing what, for me, what special ed was. But as you get older and you learn, I could have been labeled that, that that person. Yeah. And, um, and so I take that and, when the kid, when when the, the the school or others start labeling the kids that we work with, I start feeding them uh, and pouring into them something else. Mm-hmm. You are not who they say you are. Yeah, your book's <laughs> not written yet. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And it doesn't matter what your past. There is a future. I, I asked a young lady yesterday, "What is it? What is it that you want to be when you grow up?" God still has a purpose and a plan in spite of mm-hmm. all that you've encountered. God still has a purpose and a plan. Yeah, you're still here. Yeah. And so for me, that was my foundation. As I got older, I started, I graduated high. I, and so let me go back. I, yeah, I, yeah. I graduated high school, regular classrooms. I graduated and I started out at Albany State. After two years, I flunked out at Albany State. And so I went back to Moultrie. I worked as a paraprofessional and um, and then I moved to Head Start, got fired again and then got to open arms. When I got to open arms, my mom and my sisters 
kept saying, you need to finish college. You need to go back and finish. There were two ladies at Open Arms that were the executives, Beth McKenzie and Rita Ellis. They also start to encourage me to go back to college. And I was watching myself go from three nights a week to part-time to full-time at Open Arms. Mm -hmm. And so they kept saying, you need to finish school. So I went back. I went to Troy State University and I got my bachelor's. I got a master's and I got a doctorate. Boom. And so when I tell people, when I say I'm Dr. Fonda Thompson, I don't say it to boast. I say it because look what you almost said. I was not going to even graduate high school. Yeah. I remember I was special ed. Yeah, I was special ed. (laughs) And it took all of that to get me here. It took me dropping out of Albany State. It took all of that to get me to where I am today. Mm -hmm. And let me tell you something. Tell me something. (laughs) Miss Beth and Miss Rita start training me long before I became the executive director. I didn't know that. Sure. And I graduated December, get my dates right, 2006, with my master's from Troy State. They left the following March. It's like God planned that thing. I mean, just graduated. They retired. I moved right into the executive position. That was God's plan for me. Sure. I had no clue. No clue. Just put the right people in your life. Yes. And keep you going on yes. the right track. Yes. And that's what happens with the young people at the bridge, at, the, at our programs. God places the right people, the right time for these children. That's and that's awesome. what it's got to be. The right teachers. We have teachers who, who work with us and not against us mm-hmm. with these children. They, you know, they know if they're coming from, from one of our programs, there are some concerns and issues there. Sure. But we have teachers who work with us, sure. the school superintendent who work with us. And so it's important that you have that 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 support that you need as a young person. Will we ever get to a world where there's not a need for an open arms? People often ask me, do you like your job? I tell and this is the answer. I tell them I love my job, but I honestly hate that open arms has to be in this community. Mm-hmm. I don't want to see any child go through abuse or homelessness or neglect. There are kids who don't get food. I can remember uh, a, a 12-year-old that we had at the bridge, a young man. And every, every night at dinner, and I couldn't figure it out, every night at dinner, he would sit to the table and he would huddle his hands over his plate. And I'm trying to figure out, okay. Like garden it. Yeah. Like this is mine and nobody's going to take it away from me. So finally we learned that that's how he was being punished. I'm not going to even say discipline because that's the way they were punishing him. They were taking his food away from him. And we had to constantly tell him that's your plate. We are not going to touch it until you finish. Mm. I've seen so much over these last 24 years that, just breaks my heart when it comes to young people. Sure. Uh, you asked me earlier about what motivates me. My mom was a social worker um, in the uh, Cockwood County school system in Moultrie. And my dad uh, was a county commissioner for 30 years in Moultrie. 
And he took such good care of the Moultrie community. They loved him. And so to see my parents who have that much passion for people Mm -hmm. is another part that keeps me going. Because at the end of the day, I realize open arms is not about me. Mm. It is not about me. Mm-hmm. It is about those young people that we that first of all to and, and I and and I, I live on to whom much is given, much is required. God has given us these children. Mm-hmm. He has given these children to us, and it is our duty to take care of them. Yeah, it is. Yeah. So I know I'm preaching. No, I'm no, sorry. I like it. No, 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 I love it. While what you have to deal with every day can be difficult to see um, and, and difficult to deal with, you're so happy. You're so positive. Um, that's refreshing. Have you always been that kind of person? I have always been this person. I sit here today not because of me. Mm-hmm. Somebody poured into me. Sure. And I believe in pouring into in a positive way. This is what you can be. This is what you can do. You know, I have, you know, there's a difference between joy and happy. Mm-hmm. And happy is what's happening to you. It's going to determine whether or not you're happy. Mm-hmm. The joy that I have, <laughs> in spite of all that we see, all that we go through, I still have joy. And I am, I know it's because of him. That's where I get it from. And so I just believe as a human being that we ought to share some of that. We got to share that with the, it's it's not enough of it in the world. You know, we constantly hear all about the negative, but there are some young people who are doing some great things. Yeah. There are some people who are doing some great things, but we don't get an opportunity to hear that or see that much. I bet you've got some amazing young people. Oh, do I? The, 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 you know, a lot of folks in society would wouldn't you know wouldn't even pay attention to them, exactly. ignore them, exactly. and you probably get to see this beautiful yes. talent that they have. Yes, matter of fact, I want to tell you this: um, my maternity group home director, her name is Versita Lanier. Versita came through our transitional living program. She is one of the best directors that I have. She has five children of her own, and she is one of the best mothers. I've ever met. And so she takes that maternity group and it's hers. It's because she's lived that life. She knows exactly what they're dealing with. She knows exactly what they're going through. Well, it's just neat to see um, how excited you get talking about your staff. If you are a leader and you think you can do a job all by yourself, whatever it is, as a leader, you have some issues mm-hmm. because I realize that I cannot run open arms without my staff. Mm-mm. I need them. And again, they go beyond. I mean, way be you can't even imagine. <laughs> they go way beyond the call of duty. They get off at five o'clock. Sometimes I call, they're still there. Mm-hmm. And I'll just say, please go home. <laughs> just go home. But they, they, they're they not going to leave a job undone. Yeah. They're going to take care of it. Well, that job is a person. Yeah. It's a human life. Exactly. It exactly. sounds like they take it pretty seriously. They do. That's they awesome. really do. 
what what do you want the community to know about open arms and and what if anything can the community do to support open arms i want the community to know that open arms is in this community for a reason that there are some young people who are hurting who have scars and bruises and that it is real and that it is happening right here in our communities. Whether, whether we believe it or not, I see it. We see it every day. Mm-hmm. And so it's real. And so what would we need at Open Arms? <laughs> we love volunteers, a lot of personal hygiene. One thing I didn't talk about is our street outreach program. And street outreach is where they actually do outreaching on the street for runaway and homeless youth. Mm-hmm. But they also have a um, drop-in center where we have clothes, food, and showers where young people can walk in out the street and take showers. Okay. And so we always need personal hygiene items, towels, washcloths, and things of that nature. Makes sense. And uh, money is always good. <laughs> <laughs> uh, when taking care of young people, because again, we try to treat them and, you know, they, they, if, if they're graduated from high school, they want to participate in all of the high school activities and mm-hmm. all of that. And so to help out with, so there's folks probably helping with prom dresses. Oh and, yes, and homecoming, yes, getting yes, their hair done, all yeah, that kind of stuff. All of that. All so of really that. the kids that are living, the kids that are with open arms, I mean, it's like where they go home. Yes. It's their house. That's their house. And y'all are providing everything. Yes. That's their house. So yes. anything that so anything a, a, anything any a typical a, kid would yes, need. Yes, anything a teenager would need or a baby would need from birth to age twenty two. We need it all. All right. All yeah. Right. So awareness, it's real. Yes. We need volunteers. Yes. Willing to help. It yes. can be teaching people how to tuck their shirts in, tie mm-hmm. ties, mm-hmm. professional jobs, yes. whatever. Yes. If you got a heart for kids, yes, you can help. Exactly. Before we wrap up, is there anything else that that I can do for you or that you want to share? I just, first of all, I want to thank you for this opportunity because you have given me an opportunity to talk about something that I adore, something that I love. And and so thank you. And thank you for allowing me to be open and just share my life story. Well, that's one of the beauties about Beyond the Bank. You know, we're just telling stories. I hear from people all the time that, that probably the number one thing we have in the Albany area as a resource, our greatest natural resource are, are the our people. Mm-hmm. Well, Dr. Thompson, I appreciate you coming in, and uh, hopefully we'll get to have you in again, and we can talk some more about open arms and, and other initiatives that you guys got going on in the future. That would be awesome. Thank you. Fantastic.